just pick one area. Maybe it's just a drawer. Maybe it's the place where your kids drop their backpacks when they come home or the place that you drop your stuff when you come home. Maybe it's your car. Pick something small so you can have a sense of accomplishment and take it on. One area of your house at a time, get organized and find a place for everything. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. I have like 45 minutes before I have to leave for my yoga class, so I thought that I would do a podcast because that's how my life works. I just fit things in where they can fit in. Get in where you fit in. I hope everyone is having a fantastic day. I hope if you're listening to this on podcast or if you're watching it on YouTube that I'm going to share some kind of information today that will be helpful or at the very least, I always think that when I talk about how I figured certain things out, it might encourage you, even if you don't want to do it in the same way, to just figure out what works for you. So today, um, this is a really simple idea, but something that I think is helpful, fingers crossed, I'm hoping is helpful, which is 15 things that make life easier. Or I should say 15 things that make my life easier. And as I started making this list, I realized all of these were things that I do around the house, um, little habits and hacks that I do that I feel like just make it so much easier. And as much as I think these are universal, you'll definitely hear ideas in this mix that are helpful when you have kids. Obviously, I have four school-age children, and so a lot of the things I do around the house to make life easier for myself is to make life easier for all of us. So that's what popped into my head. And yeah, let me know if if you're watching this on YouTube where you can actually comment. Let me know if you do any of these things or maybe you have other ideas that make the situation more helpful. But here we go. These are real things that I do every day that I've developed over 15 years of being a mom that really helped me. But just bear in mind, you don't have to have kids to get something out of this conversation because this is just stuff at home. So the first thing that I do that I think makes my life so much easier is I preset my coffee. I realized after I made this list that I actually have a really kind of my whole life. It I feel like it's like, I think it's the Boy Scout motto is be prepared. I think that when I was making this list, I was like, dang, I do a lot of prep in advance to make life easier later on. I really work hard to have my present, current version of myself take care of my future self. And I think a lot of people have that flipped. A lot of people will sabotage their future self for their current pleasure or comfort. 
You know, it's like you will drink way too much and you're sabotaging the person that you need to be tomorrow, right? When you have a hangover, you don't feel good. Or um, you will, you know that you committed to running that half marathon and you know that you were supposed to do two miles today, but you're really comfortable and like maybe it's a little cold outside. And so you will choose the current version of you. You'll choose her comfort over setting yourself up so that the future version of you is proud of what you've done. So a lot of my life, I realize, is using guardrails in like the present moment so that the future version of me can thrive. So a big one for that is pre-setting coffee, which maybe sounds silly to you, but I wake up very early. I have woken up at 5 a.m. for the last golly, I don't even know, uh, probably five or 10 years maybe. I've done it for a very long time. So it's super normal for me now. And just as a side note, the reason that I get up that early is because I have kids. So I wake up my littles, which is the five-year-old and the nine-year-old, I wake them up at 6.30. Or actually, we have a new routine, which I'll tell you about in a minute. But they get up at 6.30, and I really want the time for my morning routine. I want time for my meditation and prayer. I want time to read, and I want time to sit quietly in my living room and have a cup of coffee. And I just think there's something so special (laughs) Maybe I'm a nerd. I really love coffee in the morning. But I think there's something so special about waking up and the coffee's already made. But there's no one to make the coffee for me because no one's getting up earlier than I am. So I preset it the night before. Not always, but I would say like 90% of the time I will preset it. And usually I just have it as a routine that when I'm cleaning up dinner, I will just right then empty out the coffee from today and prep for tomorrow morning. So I preset my coffee and I intentionally, when I moved into this house, because I could never figure out how to program my coffee pot, I made sure that the coffee pot I bought was easy to program. And that sounds really stupid maybe, but it makes me feel good every single time because it's like, good job, Rach. Like, good looking out. Way to take care of yourself. So number one is I preset my coffee. Number two is I prep Noah's lunch and actually my coffee, but I prep Noah. That's my daughter. She's five. So she takes a lunch every day. Um, Two of my kids take a lunch and two of them like to eat at school. Noah's one who takes a lunch and I prep her lunch when I'm cleaning up dinner. So definitely there are times where I don't get to it and then I'll just prep it in the morning. But if I haven't done it yet, it's going to eat into that time that I'm wanting to have as my time in the morning before they wake up. So if you don't have kids, I think this looks like maybe you're prepping your lunch for the next day or you're you're doing something for yourself. But uh, there's, a, there's a really great trick. It's called habit stacking, which is anytime you want to adopt a new habit, add the habit you want to adopt onto the tail end of something you already do. So I already am going to clean up dinner every night. And I'll get to that in a minute too. But I clean up dinner every night. So just adding a habit to the tail end of that is really easy for me. And I always appreciate it the next day when it's one less thing I have to do. And I will say the reason that works really easily for Noah is that I do a sort of, this is going to sound a lot fancier than it is, so please don't roll your eyes, but like I do a bento box for her. She's in preschool. So it's not anything fancy. It's like, you know, Tupperware or something that has like, 
sorry, you guys can't see me unless you're watching YouTube, but it's like little squares. And I found that she eats better if there's a lot of little things that she can eat instead of she doesn't really like like a sandwich. Like her brother would take a sandwich and like one other thing. She doesn't really like that. So I just do a little bento box with like nuts, berries. Yes, her school allows nuts. Nuts, berries, a hard-boiled egg, seaweed, like just all sorts of little snacky things and making sure there's protein in it. So that's something I can really easily do the night before. Whereas her brother likes a sandwich and will actually do that in the morning so that it's just fresh. Woo, that was a lot to say, prepping her lunch when I'm cleaning up dinner. Because oftentimes I can just take some of the leftovers from dinner and use that as her lunch. So last night we had tacos and it was great because there was just like a little bit of meat left. So I just made her a little burrito, wrapped it in foil and preset it in her lunchbox and then put it in the fridge. So this morning, all I had to do was drop it into her backpack. The third thing that makes my life easier and better is keeping the things I want to use where I can see them. So for me, this would be like anything in life that you open a cabinet and you see and you're like, dang it, I want to use my Polaroid camera more or shoot, like I really want to drink more tea. Like this herbal tea is supposed to be really good for your cycle and I really want to do that. Or the example I gave in one of my videos on YouTube was Palo Santo. Uh, it's a type of wood kind of imagine it like incense or some people sage their house. Um, if you've ever seen someone sage a space, when you are saging, it's to clear out negative energy. When you're using Palo Santo or something like that, it's it's sort of to bless your space or to bring intentionality and bring in good things. And like anything else, these sort of practices have meaning when you give them meaning. I don't actually think that there's magical powers inside of sage or Palo Santo. I think that I'm taking a moment to uh, be conscious and be intentional and the just the practice of burning Palo Santo every morning helps me to do that. So I keep the Palo Santo next to my stove because every single morning I boil hot water. And when I'm boiling water, I literally just grab the stick and I put it into the flame of the stove. And while the water's boiling, I will just walk around and like bless it in the house. I have another point on that in a minute. So I keep things where I can see them. I recently started having my kids take a bit more supplements and vitamins than they were. We were kind of doing the basic like multivitamin, but I don't know about your kids, but I think it's having to wear masks for so long. I feel like their immune systems are just shot. Like I, they're getting sick all the time. And, you know, they get the flu, they get the cold, and one kid gets it and they give it to all the kids in the house. And so I just felt called to give them a little bit more immune support. But if I don't I'll forget. Like I just forget to give it to them. So anything that I want to use, I keep in plain sight. Even if it kind of clutters up my counter, I really like a clean space. But right now on my counter, I have like all the vitamins right next to the sink just so I won't forget. And eventually it'll become enough of a habit that I won't need to have them out anymore. But if you want to use something, put it where you can see it. Uh, the flip side of that is put the good stuff, the stuff you want to encourage in your life or your children's life out in the open and then put the things you don't want to be encouraged to use or you don't want them to be encouraged to use, make it hard. Make it hard to get to that stuff. So 
I made a decision like maybe four or five months ago that I really wanted art to be a bigger part of our life. I have a nine-year-old who really loves art. That's his thing. But if I, he's nine and he'd rather play Fortnite. So if I don't encourage him to do art, he won't. And if I do encourage him to do art, he'll paint something every day. He'll make something out of clay every day. He'll sketch something every day, but he has to be encouraged. But again, it's kind of like the vitamins I'll forget. So the things I really want to encourage, when I said, oh, I want us to be more creative and I want there to be more art, I got like a one of those adult um, coloring books and I ripped out pages and I would tape them to different areas in our house and I would put like markers or colored pencils or and then I would leave a little note like it's a family art project and whenever someone was standing there they just like color in a part of it I have easels out and we have like kind of I call it the workroom it's kind of the laundry room and there's a table in there but all the art stuff is out paints are out and play-doh's out and string and crafts and different things are out so that I see them and they see them and they're encouraged to pick them up. Things like video games, the remote control to the TV. You can't see me if you're watching on YouTube, but this room right behind my office is the den. It's the only room in the house that has a TV. My kids don't have screens in their room. I don't have a screen in my room. I just, I have never liked that. There's only one room where there's a TV. But even this TV, like I literally hide the remote. I hide the controller. I make it hard to find. And sometimes that works if it's not time for them to be on a device. And sometimes it's just, I'll see, especially my nine-year-old, I'll kind of see him looking and then he'll just get bored with trying to figure out where his stuff is and he'll go play a puzzle or he'll go outside and play or he'll do something. So if you're wanting to eat more greens, let's say, well, when you open the fridge, put the greens right where you can see them. If you want to, I don't know, do more yoga, keep your yoga mat in plain sight. It really is, it sounds so simple. It's like a psychological trip, but it really does work. Uh, So number five is use the stuff or lose the stuff. I am not a minimalist. I definitely can't call myself that because I really love... I mean, if you saw my house, you'll see artwork everywhere. There's candles, there's pictures, there's little things that I think are sweet, or I just, I would say it's still a very clean space. I'm not cluttered. I don't like clutter, but I can't call myself a minimalist because I definitely have little things that I don't think minimalists would have around. I think minimalists are like truly like they only have what they need. But I definitely believe in getting rid of stuff. I get rid of stuff all the time. And I think it's really good practice to get in the habit of cleaning out your closet regularly, cleaning out your drawers. It's just like, I remember years ago watching an episode of The Oprah Winfrey Show. And she had this guy on whose name I can't remember right now, who was like, he was the one who would go in to like hoarders and like help them clean out their house. And they were talking about this idea of having so much stuff. And she said, you can't receive anything if your hands are full. And I think that all the time. I think about like challenging myself to not hold on to things that I don't need. Like how many freaking blankets do we need? How many 
you know, sheets do we need? Um, things that you sort of accumulate, like blankets is a big one. You kind of accumulate that over time. Like when you have little kids, people buy you baby blankets and you never really get rid of them. And so just like all this stuff that you don't need. And then also having so much stuff means number one, you waste a ton of time looking for the things that you actually like. Like chances are in your closet, you are wearing the same 15 things over and over and over, but you might have way more clothes than that. And so you never even remember what you actually need. Like maybe you need a great pair of black denim. Like you need, you don't have black jeans and you really need some, but you never remember that you need it because every time you look at your jeans, you're like, I got 30 pairs. But the thing is only three of them fit you. So making it a goal to use the things that are in your home or get rid of them. And you could donate them, you could sell them. Um, Sometimes you just need to go through and throw things away. But I really think that cleaning out your space allows you to see what you're really working with. Oh, one idea is I have, I just keep like a bag in, like a big bag in my closet, just in the corner. It's kind of under my clothes. So you can't really see it. doesn't make the room look messy, but I know it's there. And anytime I try something on and you know, sometimes you put something and you're like, what, why do I have this? This looks terrible on me. Like it's stretched out. It doesn't fit me or it's too tight or it's too whatever, but you would like hang it back up. Cause you just like, can't deal. I always throw that thing. I just did it this morning. I throw it into the bag and then I just keep that bag there for months and months. And maybe once a quarter, I'll go in and pull the bag out. And the thing is, if I really missed something, it would have come back out of the bag by now. But chances are, no matter how great it is, no matter how much I once loved it, if it's still in there and I didn't remember it was there, it's my sign to get rid of it. So either use your stuff or lose your stuff. Same concept for my next idea. Use your space or lose your space. Now, what I mean about this, I don't know if any of y'all had this, but I grew up in a a culture, I don't know if it's just Southern culture, I'm sure people have it all over the place. I grew up with like family, my mom had this, where there were things in our house or whole spaces or whole rooms in our house that they'd like build up and decorate in a nice way, but we weren't really allowed to use the room. Like it was like for company. You can't see me if you're not if you're not watching YouTube. I just did air quotes. Like they'd be like, this is the nice living room for company. This is a nice living room or the nice den or the nice sofa. This is for company or these plates are for company. And I just, it's so crazy. I think sometimes, obviously, like there was a time when I lived in a studio apartment. I didn't have any wasted space. But when you get to a little bit of a bigger abode, there's a chance that maybe you set up a space because it makes sense for the way that the space is laid out, but doesn't actually serve any purpose in your life. So when we moved to Texas, in the house that we bought uh, that the kid's dad still lives in, there's um, when you walked in on your right-hand side was this room that was like a sitting room. And the people who lived there before, it was like a fancy sitting room. And it was like, really weird. Sorry to the people who had it. I didn't get it. I was like, how many living rooms do Texans need? Because there was a den, there was a regular living room, there was a huge patio, and there was this like formal sitting room. And for the longest time, I'm like, well, that's what it's made to be. That's what it's made to be. But I really wanted a guest room. We had just moved to a 
like to Texas. All of our family was in California. The kids were pretty freaked out about not seeing like their grandparents and their cousins. So I was like, I really want a guest room. If we had a guest room, you know, people would have a place to sleep when they come and visit. And it was a little weird because it was like this room right off of the dining room. You could see it from the kitchen. I was like, is that weird to have this guest room like kind of in the middle of the house? It's hard to explain, but it just really wasn't. And then I remember talking to uh, the sweet woman who was helping me to decorate. Shout out to Valley. But she, I was asking Valley, I was like, is that weird to make this a guest room? And she said, no, like you should always create space in your house for what you will actually use. She was like, you will use a guest room all the time. You will use a formal sitting room exactly never. So have your spaces be functional and make sense to you, even if it's not like the prettiest decor. Like let's say you're really into music, right? Let's You are a singer-songwriter and right now all of your music stuff is like put away in an extra room because it, you know, it's cluttered or whatever. Like bring that out to the open. Bring that out where there's good lighting. Put it in the middle of the living room if that's what makes sense for you and your family. Like Your home should be a reflection of you and what helps you live a good life, not what just looks good in a fancy decorating magazine. The next thing that really helps make my life easier is kind of along the same idea of space. I remember interviewing my friend Jay Shetty last year, and he said something like, I'm going to misquote, but it was something like, every space has its own energy. And you should never do you should never bring one kind of energy into a space that's not meant for that so the best example of this would be working in your bed Ugh, no like i'm sure some of you are like no actually rage that really works for me that's my vibe okay great i strongly disagree with that concept i think that your bed literally my bedroom what happens in my bedroom is sleep making out and you know what i mean by making out with my partner, not just like random people. And cuddling, maybe hanging out with my kids. Like that's the only thing that happens in my bedroom. I do not have screens in bed. I do not watch screens in bed. I do not work in bed. I don't, I do, I really don't do anything, but sort of, I've always thought of my bed as my nest and I don't really do anything that you wouldn't do in a nest. I think it goes for any part of your house. I think if your dining table is the place where you're meant to come together and eat as a family, then you shouldn't, I don't know, if you can help it, you shouldn't do work in that space. I think you keep the energy separate as much as you're able to. And if you're not able, if you're like, no, this is my only work surface, I work from home and the dining table is my only work surface, then just make sure you're consciously sort of closing the energy. I know I sound like a hippie right now, but just listen to me for a minute. You don't have to do this in any sort of magical way, but you could just actively like clear the space. So let's say you work and now it's time for that table to turn back into like the family space, clear the table off, or maybe even wipe the table down. You just do something energetically that kind of changes it back to what it's meant to be for the new energy. I have my morning routine. I I did a whole video about my morning routine. If you want to watch it, it's on YouTube. But I have a whole like special spot that I sit in to read, to meditate, to drink my coffee. It's the same spot every day. That is the energy of that spot on my couch. There's nothing special about it. That's just what I have made the decision to use the space for. 
And so because that has sort of sacred focus for me, I don't use it to do anything else if I can help it. Maybe this sounds so weird. I'll literally just sit on the other side of the couch if I'm doing something different. So I really think that this helps, especially for those of you who, like me, work from home now. And your space has to be multi-purpose to just sort of give energy into the different parts of your home that make sense and that you kind of keep them what they're meant to be. And honestly, just real quick, I think that this works even if you're in a studio apartment like I used to be, right? Or even if you are living in your parents' house still and you just have your own bedroom. Or even if you don't have your own bedroom, you just have your own bed inside a bedroom you share with everybody or everybody (laughs) inside of a bedroom that you share with someone else. Whatever your personal space is, whether it's your bed, your home, your car, your desk at work, keep the energy flowing by making sure you're using it for what it's meant to be for. The next thing that really helps make life easier is I, I, I wrote down, give yourself a clean morning. I don't go to bed with a messy kitchen. Now, I, I try and not go to bed with a messy house, but like, yo, sometimes I'm tired and I have four kids and they're here full time and it's a lot. And that means that we're not always clean and organized, but I will not go to sleep with a messy kitchen because the kitchen is a space I'm going to come into for my morning routine. It's where my kids are going to come into and I'm going to make them breakfast and I'm prepping lunches. And I just feel like it's kind of what I talked about at the beginning. It's like you are sabotaging your future self. It does not take that long to just quickly load the dishwasher, wipe down the countertops, just really simple things that go a long way into helping me feel calm and centered and grounded as I start a new day. Next thing is washing your face when you get home. I'm using air quotes again. You can't see me. I used to work outside the house and I had a rule that as soon as I got home every single day, I would wash my face. No pun given that I wrote a book called Girl, Wash Your Face, but I know that A lot of women and a lot of men really want to have a better skincare routine, but you lose track of time, you fall asleep, and you didn't wash your face. And again, this is like habit stacking. So I just made it a rule that I would literally walk in the door, go directly to my bathroom and wash my face. And it was great because you were washing the day off. It was a great reset. It was a great transition. Well, I don't have that ability now because I work from home. So I just habit stack on top of something else so that at the same time, every single day, I go in my bathroom and and I wash my face. And this is really important because now that I'm working from home, I really don't wear makeup. I mean, you're, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see I don't have any makeup on right now. I pencil in my eyebrows, do a little, a little tiny smudge of liner here so it kind of looks like I have mascara on even when I don't. But I'm not going to lie. There's definitely times where I'm like, well, I'm not wearing any makeup. My skin's breathing. I don't really need to wash my face. And that, I'm like, no, that is a lie from the devil. Like, no, you always need to wash your face morning and night. And so I have to make it a habit. And habit stacking is the best thing I know. So if you have the ability to wash it when you get home, great plan. And if you don't, I would say come up with something else that it's the end of the day. I guess we all have our own routines, but I really don't want to wait until right before bedtime because then I just feel like the entire day's oil has sat on your skin 
three or four hours longer than it needed to. So for me, I found that I have the cleanest skin, the clearest skin by that habit. Next tip is have great meals and snacks available all the time. Uh, This one is kind of an old one. Like, you know, it's like that cliche you've heard a lot is like having access to food that really makes you feel good. Uh, Dr. Amen says eating foods that love you back, like you love that food, but does it love you back? So for this, there's just a handful of things I always have in my fridge and I always have them in line of sight. I always have one of those containers of mixed greens and tomatoes like literally that's always in my fridge. So if I am hungry, I can open my fridge and immediately I'm like, it will take me less than two minutes to make myself a salad. Like it's so easy. And even if you don't necessarily want a salad, adding greens to your diet is one of the best things you can do. I always think that when we're trying to make health conscious decisions, it's way easier to add things than to subtract. So best piece of advice I could give you is number one, drink water. And number two is just add more greens, just start there. And so I always want to make sure I have easy things that I can eat, especially when I'm working from home, that I don't have to think about. Because if I have to think about it, I'm going to eat something that's going to make me feel like crap, or I'm going to eat something that's not nourishing or not satiating, and then I'm going to be hungry again in 38 minutes. And so having stuff that I can easily grab and go, both snacks and meals is really helpful. I read something recently too that I loved and I wanted to add in here is Tim Ferriss talks a lot in his books about gateway foods. I don't like keep using air quotes, but I, th- I think he calls them gateway foods, which are foods that you sort of they're they're not necessarily bad. It's not like you're going out and having nachos, but they make you start to go a little nutty. So you know, like his example is like chickpeas, like he loves hummus. And so if he has hummus in his house and he'll have like a little bit, all of a sudden he'll eat an entire container of hummus. And when he ate the entire container of hummus, maybe he also ate pita chips. And then he sort of feels like, well, I blew it. And now I'm going to go ham. Nuts are a great example of this. Nuts are awesome. I have five or six kinds of nuts always at the ready, but having 15 nuts, awesome. Having an entire pack because you're not paying attention, they're sort of salty and you just keep going, um, it becomes a gateway. And you want to choose things that are going to make you feel good, that are going to give you energy. Um, I'm not into the idea at all of losing weight, but I am into the idea of things that make you feel good. And when you are not conscious of what you're eating, because something's kind of a gateway to other snacks, uh, it's really easy to go off in a direction you didn't mean to go. And then if you're like most women, then that's going to set you off emotionally and make you feel a certain kind of way. So just like trying to set yourself up for success whenever possible is always something that makes my life better. A new thing that I have done that has really made my life so much freaking better is I got a sunrise alarm clock for my little kids. This is not an ad. I don't even know the name of the brand I bought. I just like went on Amazon and did some research and this one was really highly rated. But essentially it's like a sunrise. Like it starts, uh, they're, they're meant to be up at 6.30. So at 6.25, it starts like slowly brightening their room and it plays like these sort of angelic bells and it slowly just gets brighter and brighter and louder and louder. And 
they wake up. And the reason I got the alarm clock is so my nine-year-old and my five-year-old share a bedroom and every single morning it was like excruciating how dramatic and long and elaborate it was to get them both out of bed, dressed, teeth brushed, and downstairs for breakfast. It was taking so much time. And I realized like it was getting longer and longer. It wasn't getting better. And especially my daughter just like would not get out of bed. Would just absolutely would not get out of bed. I was like, this is crazy. This takes so long. And I'm trying to like control my temper, even though I'm getting really frustrated because hello, we do this every day. Why is it so hard? And then I I just had the thought, like, maybe it's time for me to stop waking them up. Cause there's a at least for my kids, they hit an age where I'm like, all right, you gotta you because look, I'm not trying to raise children straight. I'm trying to raise children to be functioning adults. And there comes a point where they have to take on more responsibility. So I thought, well, I might not do it with her at five. I might, cause I usually would wait until kindergarten, but her brother's in the room with her. So I feel like she knows, you know, okay, I got to brush my teeth. She like knows how to do those things. So I'm going to try this clock. Y'all, this was a game changer for me. I can't even believe it. So I'm not going to lie. I did bribe. i just straight up tell you the absolute truth. Noah loves um, – the, oh, I forget what brand it is, but there's this brand of candy that's like less sugar and not as garbage for them. And they remake candies but sort of in a healthy way. Oh, I can't think of what it's called. But they make basically a ripoff of Swedish fish and Noah loves those. It's a little gummy fish. And so the first week that she had her alarm clock, I was like, okay, your alarm clock's going to go off. And if you fully get yourself ready, so these two get themselves fully ready, brush their teeth, put clothes on and make their beds and come downstairs. Like if she did that for a week, she got a Swedish fish every morning or this like fake Swedish fish. And it was a game changer. It saves so much time, but more than that, it saves so much emotional energy. I don't know what it was about me going up there and like being like, hi guys, time to wake up, that it sort of made them almost more whiny about the process, but them taking ownership of it, game changer. And after that week, we don't do the Swedish fish thing anymore. Like it just helped us to sort of establish a routine. So I highly, highly, highly recommend it. The big boys, they have alarms. They like get themselves up, get dressed, do the whole thing. But for me, that was a huge deal. And two quick caveats. If you're like, whoa, they make their beds and they get dressed. Number one, Noah wears the most insane outfits you've ever seen in your life. And I don't care. Number one, I love that she's expressing herself. And number two, I didn't have to get her dressed. So every day she comes down in something absolutely insane. It's like tie-dye sweatpants with a tutu, with a gingham top, with a unicorn horn. And I'm like, you look fantastic. So she wears something absolutely crazy to preschool every day. And they both make their beds and they're wonky. Like it's not, it's not a making of the bed as if 
you would do it or like someone who knows Martha Stewart didn't make their beds, but it's more that I I have done this with all of my kids that I got them in the habit from the time they were very little of making their beds. So for years I do it with them. And then there comes a point where I'm like, you got this. And it looks like a tornado hit it, but it, they made their bed. And I think there's all of this research on how great it is for human beings to make their bed every day because you accomplish something as soon as you wake up and when you get into bed at night, you are looking at your first accomplishment of the day. It's awesome for us. So uh, that is a big thing that has helped me a lot. The next thing that's really a huge deal in my life, and I feel like I, yeah, this is just, I have framed pictures everywhere in my house. I feel like with the invention, the invention of phones having cameras, less and less people actually print photos. Like so many people just have it on their phone, but never actually print it out. And I just feel like it's such a sad thing. So I constantly print out new pictures. I constantly change out the pictures that are in the frames all over my house. And I really recommend this. And I use an app and this is not an ad, but I found this app a couple of years ago, and I use it all the time, so I want to tell you guys about it. It's called Free Prints, P-R-I-N-T-S, Free Prints, and it literally is four by six prints for free. You get like a hundred four by six prints a month or something crazy, and you're like, how does that work? It works because if you get other sizes or if you want to get duplicate prints, that's what they charge you for, but even then, like I'm looking at the last time I used this. A a five by seven print is 69 cents. If you want to get extra four by six prints, they're nine cents a piece. So for instance, I got 12, 16, 19 printed pictures and it was $5.80. So I've been using this app forever. You could totally get stuff for free. You don't have to spend money. I've been using this app for years. It's not like the most perfect, perfect quality, but it's pretty good. And I've never spent more than five bucks. So um, if you, even if you don't have frames, you could just print pictures and like put them on the fridge or put them on your mirror. I think that surrounding yourself with photos of your friends and family or different experiences or blessings that you've had in your life really goes a long way to making you grateful and reminding you how blessed you are, which is a perfect segue into my next thing that is that makes life easier and way better is every single day I bless my space. And that could look like you praying over your home, your room, your car, your office. That could look like, you know, every single morning I light my Palo Santo and I go through all of the rooms, you know, people are sleeping. So I go through all the rooms that are like communal rooms in our house. I come in my office, I come in this TV room, I go through the kitchen, I do all the rooms, and I am literally just doing the Palo Santo and practicing gratitude. I'm praying that God's going to give us a great day, that this day, and you know, that everybody like thrives in this space. And I'm also being thankful. I'm like, I love this sofa. I love our dining room table. I love that I have this office. And this was really helpful. This room behind me, uh, if you are listening and you can't see it. Um, so the room behind me is like the TV room. And then there's this like weird sort of little room in here that I use as my office. And for the longest time, I couldn't really figure out how to lay this out. And I really think 
that this practice of like blessing the space helped me to love this these two rooms so much more and help them feel so much better. So this um, room right here behind me where the TV is, you can't see it, but in the corner of this room, when I bought the house, there was this massive safe. Texans, you know, they love a big safe. So I had this gigantic safe, bigger than me, like massive. And I looked it up later. It was like a very nice, very expensive safe. And it was in the corner of this room and it just made the room feel so weird. And I don't know, I just literally just got chills thinking about it. I don't know if you've ever had an object in your house or someone else's house or something that you saw and you could just feel bad vibes, bad energy, like something was weird about this safe. And so this room, which should be this fun room for the family to hang out in, there was just this thing in it that just felt so weird. And we would spend time in here, but it just was like, and I, every day, so I did two things. Yes, I'm a hippie. Just go with me. Put a salt lamp in the room, bless the room, prayed over the room every single day. And I got rid of that safe. And the thing about that safe was I had held on to it forever because, or for for like almost two years, because I knew it was really expensive and it was really nice. And I kept thinking like, well, maybe I'm going to have a friend who like really wants this safe or, um, because I have friends who are hunters and I thought, well, maybe one of them will want the safe. So I'm not wasting it. Or maybe I can sell it. Like, man, that'd be awesome if I could sell the safe. And my boyfriend was just like, one day was like, you hate this thing. Just like get it out of here. Why do you have this thing in here? Like for someday when you like figure it out. And it kind of goes back to that idea of use the stuff or lose it. And the idea of you can't receive anything if your hands are full. So figured out how, just found a safe company. We're like, hey, we have this thing. Do you want it? And they were like, hey, we'll give you whatever it was. The safe was worth like eight grand or something. But I was like, I don't even know how to sell a safe on my gosh. And the people were like, we'll move it. Cause you had to have like professionals who knew how to move it. We'll move it. We'll give you 500 bucks. And honestly, the whole thing, like the energy of that safe was so weird that I was like, move the safe and donate the $500 to a charity that you really care about. Um, I don't even want I don't even want money to exchange hands. I just want someone to come and move this out. And I cannot explain to you how different the room feels, how different my office feels to have this thing out of here. I don't know why, um, but it was a big change. And so I do think that the practice of praying over and blessing the space in my house every morning really helped me to figure out how to make it my own. The last piece of advice, we are at 15 Number 15, and it's perfect timing because I'm going to leave to go do yoga, is a place for everything and everything in its place. I don't know who originally said that quote. It sounds like it's, you know, Betty Crocker or someone from a very long time ago. But I am more organized than the average bear. I understand that everyone listening to this might not be as organized as I am, but I really believe in having a place for everything in your house. And I don't think that you should rush out and try and organize your whole house if it's not already there. I really don't. I think that's going to stress you out. You're going to feel overwhelmed and you'll probably end up throwing the whole project out because you're trying to do too many things at once. A great example of this is right now, um, I'm, I want to replant out my, I have a, like a courtyard outside my front door. And last year we had a really insane freeze here in Austin 
that killed a lot of those plants. But some of them had kind of come back. And then we just had another freeze uh, at the end of January or in the Feb. I don't remember, but we had another freeze. And that was basically like when all the plants just gave a middle finger and was like, life is too hard. We're out. We can't do this. So I basically have this courtyard that's just like dead. And when I would look at the courtyard, I would think like, oh, I want to do that. And I want to add these back in and I want to pull this plant in. But when I look at the whole courtyard, I am totally overwhelmed. Like how on earth could I possibly, it would be so expensive. It would take so much work. I will overwhelm myself and I'll just not do anything. So instead I made the decision to take it one quadrant at a time, meaning like I divided it up in my head into quadrants. Like, okay, yesterday I worked on the top right-hand corner. And every time I was like, oh, I would be really cute to like plant that jasmine bush over on that wall. I'm like, nope. We are just focusing on this one corner. So now I have one corner of my courtyard that still needs a few things, but it looks so much better. Did the weeding, you know, replace plants, planted a tree. I didn't plant a tree. My boo thing planted a tree. But it's just already so much better. There's so much life and energy into it. But I I'm going to do it little bit by little bit. I'm not going to try and knock it all out at once. And I think it's the same for getting organized in your home. Just pick one area. Maybe it's just a drawer. Maybe it's the place where your kids drop their backpacks when they come home or the place that you drop your stuff when you come home. Maybe it's your car. Pick something small so you can have a sense of accomplishment and take it on. One area of your house at a time, get organized and find a place for everything. If I need anything in my house, party supplies, crafts for my kids, extra toothpaste, extra toilet paper. I know where it is because everything has its place. It also means that you don't buy more than what you need. Um, this is a little bit of a minimalist idea, but you shouldn't need multiples of things. I definitely have multiples of like toilet paper, paper towels, stuff like that. But you don't want to have 27 spatulas because you can't ever find your spatula and so you just keep getting more. You want to keep it simple. You want to keep it clear so you know exactly where to go when you need something and set yourself up for a life that feels easy. If you have too many things, if things are cluttered, it's going to make you constantly feel overwhelmed. Maybe you're like, oh, my life is overwhelming. It's so hard, these kids. But if you take a step back and look, their kids are just kids. They're actually maybe not that chaotic. It's maybe not that wild. Maybe your space just has the wrong kind of energy and you need the right flow and the right vibe inside. Like this is it, man. Your home, whether that's an apartment in the city or a house in the country or a tiny home or a trailer or you're living in a van or you just have one room in your parents' house, your space is so important when it comes to you being able to feel grounded and centered in your life. And if you feel grounded and centered in your life, you are going to be more productive. You're going to be kinder to yourself and to others. You're going to enjoy your life more. You're going to be better able to achieve things because you've got the platform for success. Okay. I hope that this was helpful. I hope you got something out of these ideas. If you're watching on YouTube and you can comment, let me know if there's something you forgot that you really feel like is a game changer that makes your life so much better. Share it with the group so we can all learn. I will try and come up with more ideas like this one. And until I see you next time, remember guys, I love you and I'm rooting for you. 
And if this episode was helpful, I would love it and so appreciate it if you would be willing to share it with a friend. I always think that leadership looks like something works for you and you make sure and tell whoever else might need to hear it. So if you like this, send it to your mama, your sister, your friend, and maybe they get some good ideas out of it too. All right, y'all have a fantastic day and I hope something in this list makes your life easier. The Rachel Hollis podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.